Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I am happy to be here today with Beth Hostetler. Hi, Beth. Hey, Raya. How are you? Good. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I will share how our awesomeness became aligned with each other. I love that. I feel like you and I just had an instant soul connection, um, which are my favorite, and I seem to have a lot of those on my journey currently. (laughs) So I am 32. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a newer entrepreneur and I was in corporate America for about 10 years. Um, I started in property management and then was in accounting for a little over six years. And I started a lot of inner work and healing and it led me on a completely different career path, which is how we connected. I know. I love it. And so Beth works with Monique Gaffney, who was on our show on a previous episode for Core Wound Healing. And I really wanted to have you on the show, Beth, because it's so important to talk about financial and money mindset and really taking that, you know, the healing aspect. But also, I love the fact that you have the accounting background to back that up and to just talk about both the emotional and the, you know, the mental mindset behind what we go through as somebody in corporate or as an entrepreneur, but then also just some practical advice behind, you know, behind what we know, what we need to do and what we're going through as entrepreneurs. So, So thank you so much for being with us. When you are working with clients, and I know in the past you've worked with coaching clients, and this I'm sure comes up a lot with your core wound healing clients. What are some of the financial and like money mindset questions that come up a lot for you? Oh, good question. Um, And this even came up in my journey too. I, you know, I did accounting for so long and it was not something I was super passionate about. I was definitely good at it. I could work the hours. Um, I loved helping clients and solving their problems. It wasn't a huge passion of mine. And so one thing that I see a lot in clients is even just the belief that they are worthy or deserving of being paid to pursue their passion. And so I think a lot of people end up in careers or jobs they hate, and they have this belief that it's supposed to feel that way, that work is supposed to feel hard, that it's not supposed to feel good, that you're supposed to struggle a lot, sacrifice a lot, whether you're sacrificing time, whether you're sacrificing your life, um, your social life, family life, whatever it looks like. I know I just, it resonates with me so much when I hear that come up and it's, interesting because healing things a lot of times that don't seemingly have to do with work, those beliefs can come from anywhere, will allow the client to give themselves permission to then start pursuing and receiving income for things that they're passionate about that are fun and enjoyable. That's one of the questions that I think Monique had brought up to me before too, that like blew my mind. She's like, what if it was easy to make money? I was like, I don't know if that's possible. Like, you know, like, is that easy to make money? And she's like, yeah, it is. 
Like you just have to bring that in for yourself. And so that's something that I've had to do a lot of work around too, because you have to one, be in line with what you're supposed to be doing. And then to be attracting the right people into your life too, which brings me to the next question, which is, I know we had talked about you know, people asking you, how do you find clients? So like when you have clients who are asking you that question, what, what do you tell them? Well, for me, I always like, I always want to choose the beliefs that feel good and feel easier and better to my soul. And so when someone asks me, like my friends who are like, just kind of um, almost, I don't want to say like dumbfounded at like how you go from being a CPA to being like a healing coach. Um, but they're like, well, how are you getting clients? Like, how are you finding them? And it's, to me, it's like, it's not about finding them because finding them feels like I have to go out. I have to search. I have to figure out where they're at. I have to message them. I have to do all these things. It's more about attracting them. Just like dating. Like you want to attract in the partner that's meant for you and you totally are capable and able to attract in your dream clients too. And so that feels better to me because it means all I have to do is continue being 100% my authentic self showing up um, with the best energy, my best vibe, which obviously comes from doing my own inner work and healing. And I just show up as that and it magnetizes people in and it is without fail that so many times clients tell me there's just something about your posts or what you were saying or your live or whatever that drew me in. And I was like, I cannot fucking stop ignoring this girl. Like I just have to message her. (laughs) And I have to interrupt (laughs) and say that if people are not following you on Facebook or in the Healer's Haven, which is the Core One Healing group, you have to follow Beth. Like the thing that I love about your lives are it's just, you're just living life like out loud, just putting words to whatever it is that you're experiencing and the vulnerability and the realness around finances, love, friendship, wounds, any of that is just so powerful. And I think it just is so helpful for people to see other people just living out loud, especially as an entrepreneur, because I think we can try to hide a little bit because we're worried about devaluing our brand. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I have been a lot more transparent. Like just this morning, I'm on a group called the F-Bomb Breakfast Club. It's like a (laughs) female entrepreneur group here based out of Seattle. And the prompt for the day was like, what is a goal that you set that you're like killing it or whatever. And I just was like, this is my financial goal that I had for the year. And I'm like almost there. And it's the end of August. Like like stated the number boldly to a group of like 3,500 women. And that's fucking awesome. (laughs) People were like, thank you for saying that. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you have to be real because people need to know not only that it's possible, but I've also said on the podcast and in um, lives and whatnot too, like my first year of business, I was underwater $27,000. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like people need to know that that's the reality too. Like startup is hard. And if you're not doing it correctly, you can really screw yourself 
yourself over. And for me, that looked like spending a lot of money on things that I didn't need to spend money on because I thought I needed to, mm-hmm. you know, cause mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily have the right guidance or wasn't in the right mentoring space to know like what was a good investment. And I just was like, well, it's deductible. Well, it's deductible. (laughs) So like, you know, and then at the end of the year, I have not paid myself a damn thing and I'm underwater, you know? Yeah. I saw that. That was a common like theme that I would see. And again, it all boils down to mindset and what the underlying belief systems are, you know? And I saw that a lot in the public accounting world with clients and if it's deductible, I'm going to buy it. And I would just sometimes like that. They wouldn't necessarily say that, but I would see it. And I would sometimes just cringe. Cause I'm like, but you still need to make a profit. Like, yeah, yeah maybe you're lowering your tax bill, but like you need to live off of your income. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a big one to admit. So I love that you put that out there. For oh people. yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. basically I'm shameless. So I, because like, it's real. I, and I, like I always say, like my Instagram is pretty, but like the rest of it is going to be real, real. Like, because that's who I am. I can't be anything else. And I think that if somebody had been that real with me, I may have made other choices, mm-hmm. you know, like, I needed somebody to say like, just because it's deductible doesn't mean it's a good idea. Like just because it's going to lower your tax bracket, because like, for example, I've been in business for two years, like two full years. The first tax year was only a couple months. And so I was underwater. And then the second year was the year that I was underwater by quite a bit. And then now I'm running about a 35% profit, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But my accountant, when she filed my 2019 taxes, she said, you have to pull a profit this year because otherwise it's considered a hobby. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a damn expensive hobby. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I'm like, what does that mean? She goes, it means that you can't write off certain things because it's a damn expensive hobby. You know what I mean? Like, so that really put the fear of God in me and like really made me evaluate, like, am I spending my money in a way that is responsible? And because I'm doing that, it's also allowing me to make money. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm totally. taking home a salary, like I'm actually making money. And so it's about the mindset around spending and what you can earn. Like, I think a little bit of it was probably afraid to take money from the business. So I felt mm-hmm. like I was investing back into the business mm-hmm. by spending the money that way. And that felt more comfortable than taking money out for me for my income. But in the end of the day, like if you're just spending on your business and not paying yourself, like that's not a sustainable model and it's not healthy, like mentally, you know what I mean? To be slaving away at something that's not paying you anything. Yeah. And I think that's why the mindset piece comes so important and doing all this energetic and spiritual work is important as you're coming into business because you can ask yourself, you know, what are those questions? Why would I feel the need to spend that money if I don't need to, you know? And so that you're setting things up for long-term success. And even in the professional world, like I noticed myself 
over the course of, you know, the 10 years I was in, in corporate America, I can't even tell you how many jobs that I had just moving from career, different career paths, going back to school, different firms, like all these patterns of whether it was running from conflict or needing more validation from a boss, whatever it was that I was seeking at the time or chasing more money, like they all affected and gave, you know, capped my income out because I couldn't stay in a place long enough. And so when I started working with Monique on my own inner work, it was asking those questions of like, why am I never satisfied at a job? Why do I keep running? And then realizing what that pattern had done for my income over the years. Cause every time I, you know, I left a company, I was kind of starting all over almost. So the same thing can be true in business. Like if you're noticing patterns that are coming up and you're hitting the same problem, maybe it's every year you're surprised by your tax bill or every month you have no idea if you made a profit or not, or if you, you know, whatever it is that you're coming up on the same problem over and over again, it's important to dig in and do the hard work, the energetic and the spiritual work to figure out why that problem keeps happening. Well, and it's important, like it's important emotionally, but it's also important for the viability of your business. Like we were talking about that too, like mindset and practicality, you must know your numbers, Mm -hmm. you know, like you really do. It was 2019. I went to a conference and I was like, I am going to get a bookkeeper. Like I have <laughs> to get a bookkeeper because I know how to do bookkeeping. Like I actually had a client that I was doing bookkeeping for. Like mm-hmm. I can do this, but it's not my passion. And I felt very insecure about the taxes portion of it. And so I was just like really tortured about not only not really knowing what my numbers were, but also like, I don't want to do it wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And also like, it's not, I mean, like, I'm not going to be the fastest at it. It's not a good use of my time. Like my billable hour is worth more than that. And so I shopped around like a quite a bit and I tried to figure out what it was that I was looking for, because that's the other thing too, is like there's bookkeepers and CPAs and they offer different things. I tried at first to hire somebody and do training like with a CPA do training that didn't work. And then finally settled on a bookkeeper that was a female run company. That was awesome. They really got me on track and like really squared things away where now I can just very quickly. And part of my um, business mentorship is I actually have to log my monthly revenue and they do my net revenue. So they're talking like what, money went into your bank account, not what you awesome. are. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like your PL is showing you like, you know, your like the basics of like gross and all that kind of stuff and breaking that down. But like really what went into your bank account? What did you earn? Mm-hmm. That has really opened my eyes to, you know, wanting to be, I used to be like a total extreme couponer, <laughs> you know, and like, can I make this work? Like, do I really need this thing? You know what I mean? Like, how can I, you know, but also like, if I need it, spend the money, you like, don't make something work that is going to actually cost you more in the long run, but you can't make those decisions from a place of lack of knowledge. You know, you need to know where you're at 
you know, both like what is your spending habits and patterns and, you know, and it is what you're spending in line with what you're trying to do, but also like, will it save you time and revenue in the long run? Yeah, totally. And honestly, bookkeeping is probably the most undervalued accounting service. Like a lot of people tend to, to go to think about the tax immediately, but I was a tax accountant when I was in accounting. So I, I didn't do much bookkeeping in terms of like that being my main job function. But when it came time and, and the amount of tax returns that we received information for where either no bookkeeping had been done, which meant we basically had to do it from scratch or, and pull it together with whatever information we had, or the bookkeeping had done by, been done by the business owner and just been done completely wrong, which is almost worse because then you're trying to figure out what they did and and try to fix it, you know? So it's like, whether, you know, you might as well spend the money at, throughout the year on the service, the bookkeeping service that will give you the numbers monthly. So you know where your business is at and then make the tax return like a piece of cake for the CPA to do at the end of the year, you know, cause then you're saving money on your tax bill. Usually those are filled by the hour. So it really is an undervalued investment that a lot of business owners I saw look at as an expense that they could avoid, but it gives peace of mind and it gives so much more than people, than people see up front. Yeah, I agree. What would you say? Like, you know, we were kind of talking before the show, like the green room time, like when people have this mindset that, work, whether that be in your business or in someone else's business has to be hard or a struggle, or you have to sacrifice. And we were even talking about how, like, that seems to be like an American mindset where like other countries will work and go home and we just bring it with us. And it like follows us to the shower where we're like, (laughs) I left that thing on my desk and that's due at like 8am. And like, am I going to have to, you know what I mean? Like, what do you see in, you know, around that mindset of how hard things have to be and how people are breaking through that? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it really started back as far as I can remember to middle, like even probably middle school is the first time I experienced that. And so these patterns, they play these patterns and belief systems, they play on repeat until we become aware of them and we choose a new belief. And so for me, those beliefs were structured in middle school because I went to a highly academic private school and I was up at all hours of the night. I mean, even in fifth grade, like writing research papers until two in the morning. Like that's ridiculous. You know, I was crying, bleeding my eyes out, striving to be perfect and recognized with that. And so of course, then I choose a career where I feel like I have to do the same thing. Cause I mean, public accounting is twice a year during tax season and extended tax season. We were working sometimes 80 or more hours a week. So we'd be there until midnight or later, you know, and then back the next morning. So I was like priding myself on that. And I didn't even realize how much it was tearing down my health. I mean, there were times I would, I'm to be honest with y'all, there were times I was drinking at work. There were like in the late nights, there would be times I was, you know, just surviving on caffeine, not taking a day off. So it just, it's like a culture that I think 
people need to start to question in terms of why they're doing it and where that belief system came from. And so I knew that when I did this business, I wanted it to feel differently and I wanted it to feel good. And so I, I had to deconstruct all those beliefs before I could choose the new ones in a way that I would actually believe them. Because if your belief system isn't aligned with the action that you're taking, then the action is never going to feel good. So until I really believed that it could be easy, I wouldn't show up in that way that I would allow it to be. Mind-blowing. Because this is one of the like humps that I've been over, like really when you do core wound healing, one of the, the very first key is like identifying the limiting belief that you are struggling with. And one of the things that I have been working on is like my workaholism and not understanding where it comes from. And like, I did have like a very early work life but I never even thought about the academic aspect of that. Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting because I also like I, when I was in college, which I took, I took like one class at a time all the way. Cause I had kids young. And when I remember when my 4.0 was broken, I got a three nine and I bawled my eyes out. And my husband was like, you can just get a wow. A next time. I'm like, you don't get it. Like you can never get it back. Like that's wow. it. Like I'll never yeah. have a 4.0 again. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because then it released me from that, you know, like need to have a 4.0, but that's a really interesting, you know, mindset in terms of money, perfectionism, struggle, sacrifice, workaholism, you know, like we, you know, you don't, you're not going to get a 4.0 all the time. No. Yeah. It's not possible. If it's possible, then we'd all be making bajillions of dollars. Yeah. And you just lead yourself to burnout. Like I burned out so much. And so by the time I got to high school, I didn't want to do anything and that doesn't feel good either, you know? So yeah, follow what feels good and give yourself the grace. If you need a day off, take a day off, you know, if you need time or you can't work till midnight, don't do it. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I just came off of two weeks off and the whole leading up to the two weeks off, I had like freakouts every day. Like I just mm -hmm. believed that my whole business was going to come to a screeching halt and like everything was going to collapse. And like, you know, it was just ridiculous because I needed that time to break away and see that things would be okay. And yeah. yeah, of course, revenue is down, but I'm like, also all of these things opened up for me because mm -hmm. I took the time away because I'm more open to receive, you know, the goodness that comes from that. So I think that people undervalue balance in whatever form that takes in business, because they think if they push through that they're going to, you know, achieve more. Totally. Yeah. Relatable. What do you see in terms of people who are reaching new heights of success in their business and like hitting that? Like I was, I was thinking of the book, the great leap by Gay Hendricks, where he talks about upper limits and, you know, like people's comfort zone where they tend to keep themselves 
in, you know, in a certain range of money where if they dip below a certain range, they're going to hustle and get back into their comfort range. But in the same token, if they make above their, you know, their regular income, they're going to sabotage things to get back down to a comfort zone where, you know, where do you see that with your clients and, and how are they making breakthroughs to be able to imagine and break through to those upper limits? Yeah, I think it's all about what we're letting go of, you know, whether it's something from our past, whether it's a limiting belief, whether it's a a part of our identity, like even for, for myself, when I made the change from employee to entrepreneur, I really had to break down that employee identity that I had carried for so long and that accountant identity that I had carried for so long. And that's really what happens when we step out of our comfort zone, right? Like our ego is saying, this isn't safe because our ego never wants to, it wants to keep us true to our identity that we've maintained for our whole life, because that's what feels safe, whether it is or not, that's what our brain our analytical mind perceives to be safe. So whenever we go to try to do something new that we don't believe is attached to who we are, it doesn't feel good. It's scary. It feels out of our comfort zone because it's not a part of the new identity. So I just spent a lot of time doing inner work to release the old identity and anything that I wanted to do to make it a part of who I was, not just something that I did. So I embodied and just claimed who I was like, yeah, yesterday I was a CPA, but today I'm a healer and a coach, you know? So, and as crazy as that sounds to people, you know, before I had a client, like I just took on that identity to its entirety and I just made it who I was And then it was like the universe and the world around me had no choice but to respond to me in that way. And so I think, you know, it's the same thing with my clients. The more they let go of the old, the more than they're able to step into the new and just hear that inner guidance of like, this is the next step of where I'm supposed to be. And it's like, suddenly they let go of enough. And all of a sudden they have this clarity of like, this is my purpose. This is how I want to receive money. And this is how I want to get paid by clients, or this is what I'm worthy of getting paid of, you know, and they can break past that upper limit. Something that I've been looking for too, is like community around, because I think for women, especially in business, we Mm. have a hard time talking about success because we don't want to brag or again, you know, like if we're doing bad or if we're, you know, what bad in quotation marks, or if we're doing (laughs) really good, you know, we have a hard time like claiming it and declaring it. And so where are you seeing, or are you seeing places where it's safe to share that information and collaborate together so that, you know, like the tide rises, everybody, I'm saying that phrase wrong, but you know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because I think that's something that's so important. Like men just talk about it. Like they just, yeah, facts, but we have all this guilt and like, bullshit around like, you know, our mentality about success and what that looks like. And so where and how, and what do you see as like maybe a solution where women can rally around each other and talk about the ups and downs and the successes around, you know, moving up in business so that it's more normalized. 
Yeah, it's so crazy you say that because you just yesterday I was talking to one of my former clients and I was, she's started a business since we started working together. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, this is what the world needs. The world needs you and your business, like you earning money in a way that feels good so that you can show other women it's possible. And so that you can, you know, invest in other businesses and spend money in a way that feels good. Like the world needs healed people on a healing path with good intentions and like following their hearts. Those are the kind of people that we need to have a lot of money because they will do good shit with that money, you know? like donate it to good causes and all of that. And I think that's the piece that people like women forget about when they feel guilty about earning more money or all of that. They forget about all the good things that they can do with that money, you know? But as far as community, I think the Facebook group that we built is huge in terms of the safeness of it, which is what I love about it. And like the fact that we all cheer each other on and like, here you and I are connected, like helping each other in our businesses. And then like other clients, you know, that Monique brought on a client that's like planning our next event, you know? So now we get to bless her and her income while she helps further our mission. You know, it's a really beautiful space to cheer each other on and heal through all the reasons that we haven't gone to the next level and then just go to the next level together. Um, And I just do it. Honestly, I'm being really fucking honest. I feel like that's all I attract in now. I feel like after being in this mindset, I don't attract in the negative low vibes. Like maybe people are talking shit behind my back about what I'm doing, but they don't draw them into my experience, if that makes any sense. Well, and who cares if they're talking shit? Exactly. Because (laughs) that's not in my reality. Yeah. I mean, you have enough of the positivity in your life that this is like irrelevant to what you have going on in your life, you know? Yeah. And you clean up your own vibe and yeah, you clean up your own vibe and you cheer other people on and then that's, that's all you attract in. And suddenly that's the only type of people that you're connecting with. And that's why you connect with them so fast. Like you and I did. Yeah. I, yeah saw it on and on the group that I was talking about the F group this lady was saying like her business was doing so good that she was able to register as an angel investor in other businesses mm, and like you think about that too like we don't necessarily process that that not everyone's going to be an angel investor but you could buy services from somebody that maybe you wouldn't have been able to afford before or you know like just supporting causes and you know things that are really important to you that you might not have been able to afford before and so i always say that money is not it's like I am not motivated by money I'm motivated by choice and Mm -hmm. that's what money represents to me choice yeah where do I want to live how do I want to spend my time how do I want to help the people I love like you know those types of things whereas if you aren't living in that space where you're inviting money in and you're having a good mindset then you you feel stuck you know, you don't have a lot of choices, or at least you perceive that you don't have a lot of choices. And so that I mean, I know that for me, definitely, 
I have to work on the like workaholic thing because it's it for me it's like a coping mechanism so I feel like I get some type of like dopamine hit from working way too Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. but I think that there's that really interesting flip side to that where it could be easy and you could attract the people that you want to be around I love that that's happening for you because you know like your journey is unconventional like not everyone's going to go from being a CPA to being a core wound healer and coach. You know what I mean? So I think that it is, you know, the fact that not only is it fulfilling for you, but it's successful is amazing. You know, like there's an example, um, husband of one of my friends, he came from a really well-to-do family in Mexico and they paid for him to go to school and he was going to become an architect. And it came all the way up until his capstone project. And he's like, fuck this shit. I don't want to be an architect. I love that. Literally (laughs) quit school went into the restaurant business, earned money, put himself back through school and became an accountant. That's so ballsy. And not only that, but it's like, no, so many people don't give themselves the permission to do that, to just, like you said, make a choice and change their mind. Like, honestly, that's what kept me in the career that I was in for longer than I needed to be. I was scared of admitting, like I made a choice that doesn't feel good and I was wrong. I wanted more to be right than to be happy. And like, once I gave up the need to be right, I was like, I don't fucking care what people think if I chose the wrong career, you know, it told me like what I didn't want. And now I can choose what I do want. Like, it's never too late to choose. Absolutely. I think that, you know, it's more detrimental to have regret. Like I even think about it, like, so I have two kids that are older. So they're 23 months apart. I have a 21 year old and a 19 year old. And we like, that was a lot for a long time. So we thought we were done. And then I turned 30 and I was like, maybe, maybe I want another kid. But I was like scared about it because like, we already had like, my kids were 10 and eight, like, Mm. you know, like just seemed like a crazy thing to just start all over again. But somebody told me like, you're never going to regret doing it, but you will always wonder if you don't. And I think that that can be the truth in terms of going for your financial goals. Like you're never going to regret the failure or the, you know, the lessons learned in trying something that you're passionate about, but you'll always wonder if you didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, we have to get out of the mindset of worrying so much about what other people think about the decisions we're making. Like, as long as you're not out there smoking crack, like, I think (laughs) you're okay. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing your best self, you're trying to live your dream. And, you know, maybe you're launching an underwater basket weaving thing. But if you're (laughs) doing that with passion, then people should respect that, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can somebody resonates with everything. So Um, agreed. That's an (laughs) waiting to happen for sure. Well, I wanted to ask, and again, like these are very generic questions based on accounting. And we always recommend that you check with your own CPA and your own bookkeeper. But because you do have the background, I think it would be beneficial to ask like what are good questions to ask when you're looking for a CPA or if you have a CPA like how do you best use that person or bookkeeper Mm -hmm. like what are good things that people could be 
in communication with that person in accounting so that they can be more aware of their numbers, more involved in their business and, you know, working towards a growth mindset. Sure. I think the biggest thing that you just said was communication. And that's like from both sides of the equation, because a lot of times I would get new clients saying like my old CPA never communicates with me. But then on the CPA side, there were a lot of clients that would not respond when we would request information or reach out. So I think just keeping the lines of communication open is so huge. You know, remembering that you hired them to do a service and So answering and providing the information that they need to do that service will make that go smoother. And then really just, I mean, if you're a startup asking what type of entity that you should start up with, whether, you know, it's a partnership, LLC, single member, whatever it is, finding the best one for your structure of business. And then revisiting that one because that one may change over time as the business grows and evolves. And then systems, like ask them about systems and ask them as they see your bookkeeping and as they communicate with you, you know, every year, ask them like, how can I improve the systems? How can I make it more automatic? Is there anything that you see from your end that would make the accounting as a whole easier? or flow better than just being open to those suggestions because sometimes just a little shift in like how you receive money or, you know, set up bank accounts or whatever it is can make their job loads easier. (laughs) Which equals less money out of your pocket because the more work that they have to do to make it make sense, the more you're going to charge because they're having to exert more energy. Yeah. And anything that you can automate with a system is going to leave less room for error and get you those financials and your numbers quicker, which is important as you're growing. Like I've seen multi-million dollar businesses grow without systems in place. And it's freaking scary to see, honestly. So setting that up from the get-go is really important before like big growth takes place. And then just Something as simple as like, what can I do? Like, what can I help you with to make this job like, you know, better for me? Like, how can you serve me better? Like, how can I help you serve me better? I guess is how I want to say it. So you're saying we shouldn't have a shoebox full of receipts (laughs) that we just hand over at the end of the year? That's not a thing? Oh, that is a thing. (laughs) That's definitely a thing. But that, that again also comes to mindset. Like, it's some sort of self-sabotage. If you're doing that, there's a money belief probably that you don't feel worthy of it or you're somehow self-sabotaging and making it hard on yourself because that usually results in a higher tax prep expense and could result in not so clean books, which could result in a tax return that isn't done correctly, not to the fault of the CPA, you know, so which could result in a tax bill that's wrong so right again it all comes down to like why would that be happening yeah. <laughs> yeah. well it's funny this year so I use an app because I do mobile notary I drive a lot like I have a lot mm. of business miles and so there's an app by Microsoft called mile IQ and it does like yes. GPS tracking and so and then it's like 
fantastic because it does reporting and you can say this was personal drive. This was a business drive. So like I sent it to my CPA and she was like, is this right? And I was like, yep. And it's GPS tracked. She's like, all right. (laughs) And that is something that I think there are a lot of things like that where people make it really complicated and it doesn't have to be so complicated you can, you know, there are apps and things and, you know, two of the big, I mean, I know there's like zero and fresh books and things like that, but like two of the big bookkeeping softwares are QuickBooks, obviously, and Wave, which is a free software that I've used before that is pretty, what am I trying to say? Like self-directed, easy, user-friendly. That's the word I'm looking for. And both of them have like apps that include an ability to take a picture of your receipt. And I don't know why people aren't using this. Like, don't keep your receipt, just take a picture and throw it away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you then you're, that's like one less thing you have to worry about. You don't have to put it in the shoebox. It's recorded. It's attached to your transaction. It makes things easier. You're more protected if things came back with questions because you have a copy of your receipt. And these, you know, a lot of these resources are free. There's also like Shoebox, I think is another one where you can just email receipts to it and it'll like record it or even just scanning to like Google Drive or, you know, there's, there's all these different ways that people can automate or make things easier for themselves. And they're just ignoring it. And literally I got like a $10,000 deduction from mileage last year and it will be more this year. Like that's insanity. If I had not tracked that, I would have lost all that money just by an app that I have running on my phone. You know, I think it's really crazy. Track your miles. (laughs) Yes, track your miles. guess. Yes. I think the main thing too is just like, I think it goes back to know your numbers. Like, what do you recommend in terms of intervals of like tracking your profit and loss statement or just putting your eyeballs on it? If you're not the one who's doing, which... By the way, as for entrepreneurs who are starting out, if you get started on a program like Wave or like QuickBooks, you can do it yourself. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. there are ways that you can do your bookkeeping yourself. It's just not very time efficient. But, you know, aside from that, like how frequently should you be looking at your numbers and what can you do with that information? I mean, I would say at the minimum monthly, like you definitely need to be looking at it monthly because if, how are you going to set you know, any sort of goal, if you're not knowing where you're currently at, you know, so monthly, for sure, maybe weekly. And honestly, it probably depends on the number of transactions that the business has. Like my business doesn't have very many expenses and transactions. So it's not something that has to be like the bookkeeping doesn't take very long for me to do. But if you're a business that's got tons of expense line items and tons of income line, you know, like money moving a lot, you need to look at it more frequently. So it just really depends on the cash flow of the business, I think. That's really, really wise. And you're right. I mean, everybody has like mine has a lot going in and out. You know, I have mm-hmm. five employees and some are in the Philippines, and some are in Italy and some are here in the States and, you know, expenses and different things going on. And so I have to kind of keep a close 
eye on that. And I also follow like the profit first model. So twice a month, I'm like shifting money to set aside for taxes and profit and those types of things. And so, which that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think that, you know, evaluating how much money is going in and out of your business is really going to be helpful to setting a, you know, an interval and then sticking to it. Like if you have a task management software that you use, like I use Asana, but I've used Trello, I've used, you know, like whatever it is that you, even if you have a paper planner, put a note on your, you know, wherever you track your tasks to do that in an interval that makes sense for you. And then keep yourself accountable to that and jot down what the number is and then Mm -hmm. celebrate or recalibrate, you know what I mean? Like it's never too late to do it over. You know what I mean? You can always do better the next month. And if you're doing awesome, then you need to celebrate that because it can be difficult. Even when it's easy, it can be hard. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) because we have to constantly fight the negative thoughts that come in and say, nope, that's not true. Nope, that's not true. You know what I mean? And so every aspect of positivity that we can bring into our lives is so important. And when you're being aware of your numbers, you can invite that into your life. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what would you say if you could have the audience take away one thing to do with money mindset, you know, what would be something that they could take away as a nugget just to like really drive home for them today? I think the biggest thing is realizing that like whatever your beliefs are about money, they're not your beliefs. So they came from somewhere, they came from someone, they came from something that you experienced or something that you heard someone say or, or whatever, and you took them on to be true. And then, you know, we live our lives out based on how our beliefs create our reality. So knowing that, you know, where you're at now with your money or your business or whatever is based on a set of belief systems that you didn't necessarily choose consciously is huge. It's very freeing because it, it allows you to then realize like, Hey, it's not necessarily all my fault, but now that I know, and I'm conscious and I'm aware of what my beliefs are, how can I shift them? And what can I let go of? And what do I want to believe to create what I actually want in my money and my business? That is so awesome. I adore (laughs) you with my whole heart. I always ask at the end of the show, and this does not have to have anything to do with money mindset, corn healing, anything to do with accounting, but just in general in your life, what would you say is one of the best pieces of advice that somebody has given you that has been really impactful for you? So the first thing that comes to my mind, and I'm sure I've had tons of good advice, so sorry to anyone that I'm not mentioning, but the first thing that comes to my mind is one of my best friends, when I was going through all this stuff as I was leaving my accounting firm at the end of March and leaving that career, I was placed in this this tricky situation at the time where I felt like they were asking me to do something that I didn't agree with. that didn't, you know, sit well with my morals. And so I stood up for what I thought was right. And then I got written up for it. And so I was faced with this choice of like, 
okay, am I going to leave this job in the middle of a pandemic and quit? Or am I going to like wait till they fire me and get unemployment? Or what am I going to do? And I just remember being like, why am I being faced with this when I did what was right and, you know, stood up for my clients and this profession and everything. And my best friend, she just said to me, she was like, you know, you're going through this because you want to be a coach and you're going to help someone through it one day. And I was like, holy shit, you're right. (laughs) And it was something as simple as that, that was just like, gave me the strength to then do the healing that I needed to do to leave the job in a way that I didn't hold resentment and hold bitterness. And I just took my power back in that moment. And it was like, you're right, I'm going to guide someone through leaving a career that doesn't serve them to pursue their passion. And, you know, it got me through that time where I, where I was kind of questioning, why is this happening? You know, it obviously, I've, I've helped people. Through that, so. Yeah, yeah. this thing is blowing up. I mean, if you guys are not, again, if you are not on the group, the group is called the Healers Haven. And you can find Beth on Facebook primarily, right? You're mostly on Facebook. Yeah. And, and she works very closely with Monique Gaffney. They do core wound healing. You get the extra added benefit of Beth's financial background, because I think we can all have a little bit of support with that, you know, the money mindset portion, because, you know, it's, again, it's sort of a taboo topic. We don't talk about money in the way that it affects our lives you know, we can tend to be martyrs about it and that's okay, but we can't talk about being successful. We can't talk about overcoming some of the things that have happened in our lives. And, you know, I think that working with you is something that, you know, not just the money side, but is just helpful in being a healthier person in general and healing the things that hold us back from being successful. So I am really, really grateful for you being here today and sharing your wisdom, your badassery, your awesomeness. (laughs) And I am just like, so thankful for your time. Oh, I love you so much. Really? Like, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. Yes. Well, that's not true. We want you on many, many other. Well, true. (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging in with us today and for joining us. I hope that you have taken away nuggets so that you too can launch your finances into a space that you feel successful, that you have choice, that you feel empowered and that you can just bust through the upper limit like nobody's business. If you have any questions, join us in the Client Experience Revolution podcast group. Please do check out Beth and Monique's group, The Healer's Haven. And we will see you next time on the Client Experience Revolution. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez. And thanks again. 